Hello and welcome to a new Ramon Foster show, starring, not coincidentally, Ramon Foster. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And Ramon, this is our first chance to hook up since the Steelers draft. And before we yeah. get to all the fancy, sexy picks that they made, I have to ask you about Kendrick Green, the center, and the fact that he's coming in, and he has acknowledged this young man seems really well put together. Yeah, but He's coming in and taking the place of a legend. Uh, he heard from the legend, which shouldn't surprise you. <laughs> Not at all. No, and, and talk to me about that and what kind of learning curve this kid is going to have to deal with. Well, he's going to have to grow up really quick. That's number one. Um, giving snaps to Ben is no easy text, meaning he's got to go <laughs> with what Ben says. Okay, whatever he learned, scrap that. At least if this is Ben's curtain call, he got to figure this out on how he's going to manage everything this year with trying to satisfy Ben, which Ben will make it easy for him, but it may be some stuff that he's going to have to get himself adjusted to and like really fast. So when I say grow up really fast, that's what I mean by that. Not in the sense that he's immature, but in the world of the NFL and what you need to have to operate. He's going to have to be a kid that gets in the playbook early. He's going to have to be a kid that show that, hey, I'm a leader early. And also, he's going to have to fight the stigma of Marquise Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you look at him when the pick was, was made, I was like, that makes sense. It made all the sense in the world simply because you can tell Kevin Colbert, Coach Tomlin, uh, Matt Canada also is in the mix now. This is his, his first draft class when it comes down to what's expected. Kev and Coach T are going to be of the mindset, look, there was a standard here that worked really well for over 11 years. You're putting yourself in the shoes of a guy that did that well. So guess what you got to do? You ain't got to be him. But we need some similar things. That's why do you go out and go get an athletic center? Uh, you're not getting a big kid. Uh, the kid from uh, Alabama was is a big yeah 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 center. Yeah. That's not this. No, that's not this. This is a guy that's going to get out in space, and it also is kind of telling of honestly Matt Canada's offense. Well, that's going to be in our second segment. So I'm not going to let you <laughs> jump the uh, jump the gun here because we're going to get into the wide zone blocking scheme in our second segment here, where where Kendrick Green is concerned. A, he does have to beat out B.J. Finney, BJ, and I facts. don't mean to make it sound as if he's got anything locked up. No. Um, so let's swing back to B.J. Finney and and talk about what he can offer at the center position. You have literally played shoulder to shoulder with the man at center. I have. Number one, congratulations to B.J. and his wife. Just had the first baby boy, man. If people don't know, B.J. went through a very, very – hard situation a couple years ago so for them to be at this point now as kid number two form that's his tremendous. boy that's awesome for him. i didn't know that i didn't know yeah, that. that's great congrats to him man but um i'll say this though that is also a motivating factor in what bj's bringing to the table what do you mean he's got he's got a family to feed dk this oh is a guy, man <laughs> you know this is uh, bj's got a few things that's going for him as far as motivation go one wife with two kids little boy and little girl gotta have that okay that's if what are you playing for besides the team he has that also he took a tour around the country literally figuratively okay seattle get traded back in division of cincinnati, cincinnati. did not play i no. don't think mm -mm. bj did not play so it's almost as if they was just getting rid of a guy this is a guy who who in Pittsburgh, people were fighting and clawing, like, why did we get rid of him? What is going on? And the Seahawks just let him sit. 
And they just let him sit uh, for whatever reasons they are. Uh, he's going up against that, which in, in his world, me knowing BJ, how prideful he is, he's a guy that's going to create whatever he can out of this situation, man, to be a positive for him. So you have those two things working for him. And the fact that he's got a young guy, this is the first time, honestly, in his career where a young guy is, is, is at his heels. Um, for a starting position, man. But BJ brings leadership. He brings stability. He brings an era with him. And I, by, by era, I mean this. A group that played in front of him. Me, Marquise, DeCastro, which Dave is still there, Al Gill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. where he's at. So he understands what the standard is. That whole cliche, the standard is the standard, like, that hits home with BJ. Well, to that uh, to that note, um, I – don't think it can be overstated mm-hmm. how much this head coach loves this football player. Um, I, I, I'm sometimes you say that and you you know it, you know yeah. oh yeah he's just saying that. Please relay to us how strongly Mike Tomlin feels about BJ Finney. B, it, it was confusing to me, DK. I'll <laughs> say this too when because B, when he would come in, I know what you're going to say here. <laughs> is is that in when? BJ got, you know, they didn't sign him back. Me, myself, I was, what? What? Couldn't believe it. I couldn't Couldn't believe believe it. it. Because I know the relationship him and Mike T have. If if, if it was preseason and I was out, Ben was out, Pounce was out, guess who the team captain was? Oh, sure. It was BJ Finney. Yep. BJ broke it down in games where Marquise was out and the rest of us was playing and stuff like that. He was the guy that Coach T went to. He was his guy, and he did not – hold back and letting people know BJ Finney is my guy. Okay. Like mm-hmm. it'd be in the just way, but you know, he always looked out for BJ. He cares for BJ, man. He's a guy that um, the importance of that guy's mentality on how he works, how he goes about his job. You saw what happened whenever he was a, a free agent. Like he made a speech to his family about what it meant for him to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. with BJ. There is no, uh, questions about what his favorite team was. He may have put on two different jerseys in his little pit stops, but you know what type of guy you're getting through and through, man. Um, he's a hard hat type of guy. If he can go, no, he's, he's a cowboy boots kind of guy. Get that straight. His cowboy boots are muddy. Okay, they might have a horse crap on them. Okay, because BJ is is hands down at all time when it comes to working, and I'm glad to see him back though, DK. For a lot of different reasons, because that group is so young. Dave ain't the most vocal person. You know that, and I know that. No, he's when not. it comes to a rah-rah, it ain't him. Matt Fowler wasn't a rah-rah type of no. guy. So you look at that Even group, and you less. say, all right, as far as old guys, Zach, Chooks, DeCastro is a quiet leader. But you need somebody that's going to be well, able to Well, Zach's not exactly out. quiet. That's not. No. That's not <laughs> Which but, is why you need BJ to bring it back. But that's what I was going to say. It still has to be someone who's got some kind of credibility. And Zach, with all due respect to his potential, yeah. hasn't had a chance to, to, to build that up yet. Uh, I'll put you on the spot here with one last thing before we go to a break. Uh, who is the starting center in a season opener? It all depends on camp, man. I know, but I, it's hard to kind of put a wager on who. I think BJ, and I say this respectfully, is is cheap enough to where he can be the starter starting out. And you know what I mean? If BJ was a high dollar guy and you got a young rookie, you they get rid him. of BJ. You got to play him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to play him. So um, I, I think it works in BJ's favor if the kid talent outlasts. 
um, you know they're going to put him in. And it seems like he's very right-minded, this young rookie green is. When we come back, more from Ramon Foster, and this time, yes, on the wide zone blocking scheme of Matt Canada. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, which is brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open for business 24 hours a day, hot, fresh food served in there. Don't think of it as a gas station. Don't think of it as a convenience store. Think of it as hot, fresh food served on the spot. Get-Go Cafe and Market. Ramon, as promised, Matt Canada I, it's like they're leaking these phrases out mm. gradually that they're hinting at this wide zone blocking scheme. Yeah. So before we even proceed, what is for your listeners here, the wide zone blocking scheme? What is that? And how is it different than conventional blocking? I think of two running backs when you think of uh wide zone, um, Arian Foster in Houston. Oh, geez. Going back. Him. Remember that offense yeah, for about two, yeah. three, four years? Unstoppable. That, unstoppable on the ground. Unstoppable. We saw Arian run for like 60 on us in Texas one time or in Houston one time, okay? Mm-hmm. And the other guy that comes to mind when you think of this offense is Chris Johnson. Oh, I, I thought you were. I, th- I was sure you were going to mention Cleveland, but okay. No, not no. Cleveland has it a little bit, but I'm. <laughs> I'm not going to give Cleveland that much credit, okay? Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> but to their credit, they do have that. Um, and I think what Matt Canada's think is more Aryan than Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson was a, a – he's 2K all the way, okay? He's a different speed, a different burst outside of that. Like the zone scheme, listen to Munch, talk about Chris Johnson and why they did it. Um, it made a whole lot of sense with, uh, with the type of runner he is. I think more of Aryan, where you can keep it front side – but you're peeling back. So the way it goes, you're running zone plays. You're either A-gap to A-gap or D-gap to D-gap, cutting back in the A-gap. So let's say you get the ball right here. You're running to the hash, but you're cutting upfield. It's it's an outside zone cutback is the way this offense is going to be designed, if it's the way I think it is. Ben is going to take the ball, and it's going to be a wide zone handoff. And the running back, honestly, is going to cut behind um, the backside A-gap. It's a beautiful scheme if you can get it, which is why having these athletic guys up front, um, you have your Chooks, you have your Dave, you have your BJ or the young green kid. Um, We're thinking uh, Dotson is going to be left and Zach is at uh, left tackle. If that's going to be the lineup, you have a very uh, Chooks, Chooks is now at left tackle. That Chooks is now at left? Tomlin confirmed, yes. <sighs> yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, he's got more I mean, reps. He's got he, more reps, and he has a he has a history in college. He's played some left. That's true. He's played. So if it <laughs> flip that between Zach and Chooks, then okay. So you have a very athletic line, not super mm-hmm. big either. No. So moving them side to side is what this offense needs. Then you get the young running back Najee. Who's proven at Alabama? He can go downhill, but he's also good um, running the outside zone at Alabama too. This is a very versatile offense. When you when you can incorporate outside zone the way that he wants to, with the ability of going up the middle and running some uh, power, also that is a beautiful balance that you want to have, especially when you have, um, let's say, a quarterback that can still throw it, but he'd rather have a, a run game to help um, assist him. But moving forward, and we know the run game has got to be a big part of this offense. Well, to make sure that I understand the zone blocking thing, I, I've always thought of wide zone blocking as being principally this. You're blocking an area 
as opposed to a man, mm-hmm. like as opposed to the, to use the James Harrison term, the man in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. no. Yeah. You're not looking to pancake somebody. You're not looking to seal somebody. You're looking to find an area on the football mm-hmm. field, like a game of battleship. And, and you say, this is my spot right here. All mm-hmm. I'm going to do is get in your way. Yes. It is a front side zone. Push your man outside and get momentum going. The thing is this. When you run in that type of offense, the linebackers on the opposing team better be really, really good. Because if you can move that front line, or let's say the front line plays backside, well, guess what? If he plays backside to the left guard, the left guard just pick him up. He's just got his zone. He's got his area. And the thing is, if if, if, if he plays, if the D tackle plays outside of his zone, and this full zone front and side, guess what? BJ and the left guard or the center and the left guard just move on to the next guy on the second level. And that's where your creases happen right there. So, again, it's given on the outside trajectory with the ability to go right up the middle, basically. It is a good offense to run if you got the guys to do it and the running back to do it, too. Well, before we get to our, before we get to our last break, I, I, I want to ask you about this this athleticism that you mentioned um if we're being candid here and I, i'm going to say these things because i know you're always in a, an awkward spot saying anything critical of your former teammates here but those guys weren't getting the push that they had in the past uh certainly not in the run game mm. and i wonder to what extent maybe this is being done as a, a matt canada adjustment just because this is the way matt canada likes to run an offense and how much this was a reaction to last year even though most of those guys are gone do you know what i'm saying yeah i know what you're saying but i think in, in matt canada's mind is this this type of offense leads into whatever else he wants to do def- i mean uh in the passing game what do you mean if i can move the line of scrimmage with the play face you got to think if you're in a position where you can move the line you got the first level down as far as the D lineman getting to you, you move, let's say a, a line, I mean, a, a tight end to the backside to keep your cover while Ben is rolling out somewhere. You got the ability to take shots downfield. This reminds me of the way this offense is kind of setting itself up to what San Francisco does. It's pocket movement, it's guys getting in space, it's the ability to either run the ball outside or pull up and throw deep also. This is what this is. This is why Ben has always asked for more guys as far as the, the skill position and wide weapons, receiver yeah. and tight end weapons. Mm-hmm. The young tight end that they got, like this this guy is going to flourish in this type of offense. You would the think running, Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. Yes, yeah. from Fryermuth from Penn State. This guy is going to be able to flourish in this offense because the thing is, if he's on the front line, and he's, he's just okay with blocking. And let's say it's, it's a play action type of play. He can leak out to the flats or down the middle, and nobody's ever going to see him, especially if he's on the front side. This is Gronk 2.0 in the way you want to run an offense. <laughs> I hate to say it like that, but that's exactly what this is, man. It, it's one of those things where if you're able to be really good in outside zone and push in the pocket, then you have the ability to kind of ease the, the pain of protecting all the time. Also, that's one thing we've always done with the group that I play with. We've always been a group that just straight drop back, drop back all day long. We used to just say, man, guys, hold on to your own because guess what? It's going to be a long day, especially if we have 40 passes a game with the ability to move the pocket and, and have an outside zone game. It gives you the ability to, basically trick guys this is the way with the new nfl with the way the game is going to be played it's moving the pocket shorter quarterbacks can have the ability to flourish and you're going to have big plays and i'm hoping that it comes together simply because 
is needed, especially oh. in a run game. Yes. And, and downfield passes. And when we come back, the question, and that is this, will Ben Roethlisberger, in fact, hand the football on a regular and convictioning type basis to Najee Harris? And welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. We're brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market. And Ramon, it's one thing for the Steelers to draft Najee Harris. Mm. It's another thing for all of us to be super excited about Najee Harris. <laughs> I mean, he looks like the next great Pittsburgh running back. Yeah. And it's yet another to wonder if the Steelers will commit, if they will show that conviction. Mm-hmm. That dedication that you have to have in order for the running game to work. And I will ask you this first and foremost, is Ben in on that? Will he be in on that? 100%. Oh. Ben is all for it. That's one thing I give him credit for when Munch was here. And he kind of did it with Sweet Feet. Also, was the asked question, what can we run in these fronts right here? When do you want to have the run? Um um, I, I'm gonna get him called. Just wait on me, guys. Stick with me. Stick with me. He's always been a type. I think the last couple of years has just been one of those. Let's just let Ben kind of run the show a little bit. You and said not sweet to- feet. Hang on, I gotta cut you off. You said <laughs> sweet feet. You know nobody knows except me who you're talking about. John Surrett, man. John Surrett, the offensive line coach. I love it. you. Just saying, Munch said to sweet feet. And we're like, I feel like jumping is like, okay, Mike Munchak, former offensive line coach, says oh to John Surrett. God. Okay, all right. I'm I sorry. Feel, Go ahead. I feel like everybody in Pittsburgh knows all it is anyway. Okay, you're right. All right. John Surrett, aka Sweet Feet. Sweet okay, feet. Right. <laughs> he was a Golden Gloves back in the day, so he was a hell of a boxer. So. So that's okay. how he got the name Sweet Feet. Um, but Ben has always been in on running the ball. I guess it's just one of those things where you get to a point where, let's say, you get a second and nine, and then it's easier to throw sometimes than it is to hand the ball off again because if that turns to third and seven, or you got to think about this too. We've kind of been honestly running the same offensive set for about 12, 13, 14 years. Yes. That is you knew that. Other teams knew that. Tennessee's, you kind of know. And there's no, of course, it's man on a man and move a body. Nobody cares about that type of stuff except getting the job done. Right. Um, so when it comes down to it, this refresher that that you know Matt Canada is as far as him being what the new wave is. And I can't I can't say that enough because I'm telling you everybody, like it's gonna look different. Um, but the thing is, if the production is high, none of that really matters. Uh, handing the ball off to Najee, heck, when was the last time we had a first-round draft pick at running back? Even Lev wasn't that. He wasn't. And think about it, Lev was a second-rounder, and look what his production was with the ability to say, hey, this guy is a playmaker. We're going to hand the ball off. I mean, the no- answer, if, for anybody who's curious, the answer is Richard. Mendenhall. Yeah. I mean, he he truth be told, Rashad had the talent. It's just that sure. he could not couldn't stay he, on the field. He couldn't stay on the field. Um, here's a guy Najee that's played a whole lot at Alabama, who's proven knock on wood that he's going to be available. Um, and I'm looking forward to that because again, I think this eases the tension of Ben feeling like he has to put the team on his back every single week. Um, for fans who are involved and want to see Ben do the show, that is beautiful. But you got to have a run game. you got to have a dynamic running back also. And that's no disrespect to James and the rest of the guys there. But Najee, if we're all being honest, is a different type of guy. He is. 
He, he he's is. a different type of guy. He's a workhorse type. But he's also a guy that can get the ball in space and make big plays, man. It's yet to be seen what he can do in the NFL, of course. But if I'm being, I'm excited for this guy. If I'm the O-line, I'm excited for this guy, too, because the, the unique thing about, you know, blocking for Le'Veon is Le'Veon can find the hole, like, no matter what. It might take him a second. And that was the part that kind of uh, drew a little angst to us. Yeah, but you Mike, loved it, though. I know you loved it. You guys yeah, loved blocking for him. Once you figured it out. <laughs> Once. Once you figured, you figured it out. And then when you guys got, not to, not to veer off course here, but it was fascinating to me in particular when D'Angelo Williams came along. Yeah. How you guys would adjust who you were. Mm-hmm. as blockers to who was – and they were alternating series at one point. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. We, it was 26 and 34 and 26 and 34. And with each guy, when he'd come on the field, you guys had to adjust who you were, and you embraced it. I remember yeah. you and Dave and Gil and all these guys were like, this is so cool. It was you know? part of the job. It was part of the job. So that, as exciting as those two were – Having the ability to have a first rounder who's this is, I mean, running backs going in the first, that's high. Okay. So having him be in Pittsburgh and his style of getting the ball and go no nonsense, it's exactly what you want. And you got to look at what Alabama ran to. They were they were a zone. They were a power team. He's fitting right into what the uh, Distillers want to do. And that's the beauty of that pick. People were marrying him to Pittsburgh. Before I think the season was almost done. Oh yeah, forever. His name's been connected to to the Steelers for a long time, and that's. I want to ask you one last thing before we have to go today, and that's just this: you've seen this young man run yeah. football. You've seen those leaps that he did mm-hmm. in Bama. Um, how exciting is this, just in general, uh, for the Steelers and for their fans to have this player coming here? It's huge uh as far as names i'll say this too as far as an offensive player for the steelers going in the first round yeah that's got to be exciting it also shows you how aware the coaches are about what's winning in this league it's offense you have a stable enough defense to complement a powerful offense is what you want they're receiving core deontay juju chase just to name them three, those three are second contract type. Oh, of I'm not letting you leave James Washington out. James I'm Washington, not, I'm, not yeah, yeah. You, James, I'm not letting you do that. A sleeper, by the way. <laughs> and then some, somebody's going to find value, and Pittsburgh's going to be looking like, yep, we knew it, but there was nothing you could do about yeah. it. Here, this guy is easily, at the least, a number two on starting, starting number yes. two on people's teams, okay? Yes, he is. And for the, the, the talent that's there of Chase, Juju, Deontay, He's, I forget his name, and not disrespectfully, but just that's how much talent is there. And you mix that with a running back, and you still got Benny. Okay, let's not forget that. Jalen is still there also. You got an opportunity to reset on the offensive side. I know missing certain guys on defense and certain guys going to other teams, but just as a whole, if that defense can be 15 to 10, if they're better than 10 with this type of offense, we assume that Matt Canada is going to put out there, you might have something special this year. Wow, I'm not saying Super Bowl or bust. What I'm saying is this is a good base to have. There needed to be, to some extent, Ramon, a, a re-swinging of the pendulum, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in 
in we saw in 2017 and 2018 where you guys, meaning the offense, were carrying the team, and you were and you were taking the team, you know, to the AFC Championship game, and it didn't matter because you didn't have any secondary. Uh, and 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 then we saw the pendulum kind of swing in the other direction. First, with Ben getting hurt primarily, yeah. uh, but and then the defense went through the roof. And now yeah. we see this draft: the first four picks for the first time since the early '90s were offensive players. Was that necessary? I mean, was that was that kind of where this was headed? It is. It shows the belief in Matt Canada, and you hope you hope that this is the case right here too. That he does well enough that he wants to stay in Pittsburgh because, you know, like I know offensive gurus in this league that get snatched up by teams. Yeah. And I I, I don't know if this is more necessary as far as needs for the team, or is it just faith in Matt Canada? Hey, if you want to be here, we're going to do what you need to get the job done. And it was necessary because pounce left. And then you've been needing a tight end for a while and just having the ability to have a stable running back. I mean, you, you can't forget those things. And I can't, throw that out enough that this is the type of offense that we assume Matt Canada is going to run that the rest of the NFL is also doing. So um, they had to get on board. No question. Ramon, it's been great as always, man. Thank you, DK, man. Join Join us next week for another Ramon Foster show starring Ramon Foster. 